Hello, welcome back to Cusp of Coffee, the dental school podcast that documents the highs and lows of tooth school. I'm Oase Adam, a third-year dental student. And I'm, well, this feels pretty weird to say, but I am Dr. Johan de Klerk, a newly qualified dentist. No yeah. longer, no longer trapped, trapped in tooth school. I've earned my wings. They let me go. They don't want to see me again. So I was like, okay, cool. It's fine. I'll and leave. so, um, <laughs> we, for the, for the last, for the, like the, we, we, this is episode 11 and for the past 10 episodes, Johan and I have been two dental school students embarking on this journey to kind of speak about the ups and downs of dental school. And, uh, with that being said, we are now looking for a second person to take over with me because Johan is being fired from the podcast since this is only for dental students. And he is now decided to upgrade yeah. himself to become an actual dentist. Who knows that that actually, actually happens after dental school. Actually, Technically, <laughs> technically speaking, I am unemployed right now. So if I could stay on the podcast a little longer, I, <laughs> I'd appreciate uh, you know what? that. I don't have much okay. else going on right now. You know what? We founded this and we started this thing together. So I would like, I'll give you a, I'll give you like a month's notice and then you need to, you need to clear out your stuff. And uh, okay, yeah. cool. Cool. if there's any, uh, we need a senior student here. So I'm going to be going to fourth year. So if there's any final student that want to jump in, you know, just uh, send us your CV, www.cuspofcoffee.com. That's not a real address. Don't type that in. <laughs> yeah, but we'll yeah. leave a link in the description if, if you feel like you can take over the show. Um, <laughs> you're welcome to, welcome to send it in. Yeah, it's unpaid. But yeah, it's unpaid. Um, <laughs> it has been a very long six years, but I mean, it's even just this year alone was... Um, like a mountain of its own. So to kind of end the end the year off, Uwes and I decided to put together a few questions to do a little bit of a, a annual review. I think, you know, from your perspective, you can kind of do it from, you know, kind of transitioning into life as a clinical student. And I think for me, I'll kind of take it as, you know, life is a final year, but also just, you know, kind of some final thoughts on, on school as a whole, because, mm. yeah, I, I had this realization the other day, which is that even if I do like postgrad or whatever, I'll never quite be a student again in the yeah. way that I was no during the past few years. So it's like, it's an interesting little transition period. But yeah, with that being said, so for question number one, um, basically just recap the past year of your life. Give us a bit of context and yeah, kind of just two, three sentences that elevates a pitch for, for 2023. Yeah. So I feel like we've spoken about this, like so many times over the past, like few episodes since we started this, just talking about like, you know, how things tend to shift every year in dental school. Um, and just to give it like context, I suppose walking into third year, I kind of, had just begun to experience what dental school was like because in first year it was my first year was 2021 still in like the kind of the peak of COVID here in Cape Town in South Africa and so we kind of basically were online completely a lot of throwaway subjects you know intro subjects physics chemistry life science stuff like that biology so you don't really feel like a dental student so second year 2022 was kind of my first experience of being a dental student um, practical in the sense that we're working on dummies and 
phantom heads, things like that. And so 2023, giving with that context, I was walking in kind of knowing what dental school is like, but also not really knowing because a big part of dental school is clinics. And so this kind of was like, if I were to sum it up in a sentence, would be the year of discovering myself as a future clinician, because you kind of start to see what your hands can do and how to start juggling things that you kind of have to juggle for the rest of your life as a dentist, which is balancing your time between patients, between learning, because you you never stop learning. Um, you may not be a student anymore, but you're constantly attending courses and and learning new skills, trying to upskill yourself, learning new procedures, there's new technologies coming out. So that balance between learning and and being a clinician, that was kind of like the the most defining thing of 2023 for me was basically that. And also, I think despite how I felt in second year of saying like, oh my word, I'm finally a dental student, like compared to this year, that wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't anything like it. Like the, the whole thing of being a real dental student really rang through this year only. And so for me, the struggles came from balancing the clinics, which I've spoken about at length. You can check out the previous episodes. We've always speak, spoken about that. I mean, you have spoken about it as well, like balancing studying, balancing clinical work, balancing assignments, practicals, OSCEs, all these things compounding into this massive ball of stress. And that's kind of the theme that carries over from third year to fourth year to fifth year. Mm, clinics get more, the workload gets more, but that kind of balancing act maintains itself. And so basically, yeah, in a, in a very long few sentences, that's basically what my year was about, discovering myself as a future clinician. Yeah, it's kind of a, I feel like it's almost a transition from like going from student to dental student. Mm. It's like more of an emphasis on the, you know, on the dental side of things. Yeah. Um, Which yeah, is great. I feel like, like it's, it's great to do that because you kind of start feeling more validated in the fact that you actually are a dental student. I can imagine what the mm. first years are feeling. Cause in first year I was like, what is this? Like, where am I? What am I doing? Did I sign up for a BSc? Did I sign up for oral hygiene? Like, what is it? It's so weird. Yeah. And now you actually feel validated. Like, yeah, it's a lot of work and it's probably the most stressful year of my life in the last few years. But it's been, it's validating because like you said, you're transitioning from student to actually being a dental student. You're making an impact. And so, yeah, yeah, it's definitely like, it's validating but very stressful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was interesting kind of, you know, seeing it from an outside perspective in that, you know, I've already gone through that experience, but now you were going through it for the first time. Mm. And yeah, it was just interesting to kind of see how you tackled things versus how I tackled things. I feel like in general, and I've told you this before, I feel like you transitioned a lot better <laughs> than I did. <laughs> um, but I think also with help, you know, what kind of helped in that is like you were mindful about that kind of balancing act. Yeah. Whereas for me, it was like, I didn't even think about that. I was just like, oh, I just need to do everything all the time. Easy. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, you quickly realize there's not enough hours in the day to do that. And no matter what, there's always going to be something more you could be doing in dental school. And it's kind of, you know, like you said, it's a balancing act of, yeah. Figuring out, okay, at which point do I stop leaning all the way that way and start leaning 
the other way, you know, kind of finding that counter counterweight. So if she can just keep moving forward, you know, instead of just completely falling off the path entirely. Yeah, and but like the thing is, I feel like I would have probably, like you said, like you you kind of thought you had to do everything all the time, and I feel like I probably would have fallen into that myself, um, if it wasn't for actually like for you, it's watching me from the outside, but for me, it's kind of the same thing. It's like watching you from the outside because for you to have gone through and have done like actually more than the required time because you did a six-year course um, uh, because of breaking your hand and stuff. We've spoken about that. But like you've had more time to actually sit with understanding the dynamics of dental school. And so for me to actually Mm -hmm. listen to you talk about it and also to have this podcast where we actually, you know, speak about things in a very therapeutic type manner, that I think allowed me to balance my time better. A lot of my classmates have seen... And again, I don't want to give off the impression that I know exactly what I'm doing. I don't. I really don't. But a lot of people get overwhelmed by it. But I think I was kind of, I had an unfair advantage of having sort of access to you in a very personal type manner where I could ask you things and ask for advice so that I didn't make those same mistakes, which is really beneficial. And that's what I think we're also trying to do here to kind of share that same sort of dynamic we had of like asking each other for advice, comparing, you know, copings and mechanisms and uh, the way we study and the way we take days off and things like that trying to compare those things but put it in a recorded format so that this kind of benefits other people also if if you get what i'm trying to say there yeah yeah because it's like um you know it's that whole thing of like a guide versus gurus like a guru is the specialist who is you know he has mastered dentistry he is dentistry <laughs> and, you know, he can put on a veneer with like 0.1 millimeter prep or just he preps it by looking at it. Um, and that's cool. But when you're a student and you don't even know where the etchant is in the ward, yeah. that kind of person can't help you all that much, whereas a student yeah. can help you a bit more. Um, and so I always tell the younger students as well when they're assisting me in the ward, like, please ask a question. And like, I don't care how stupid it is. I've probably asked a dumber question, you know, mm. um, and I always motivate them like afterwards as well. You know, next time you're assisting somebody like ask because sometimes the person that's just a few steps ahead of you is actually the best person to tell you, you know, what the best path is because they've most recently gone through that experience. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I'm curious, I'm, you know, I'm keen to like keep doing the part and stuff. Um, even now that I'm graduated, because, yeah, I mean, dental school is tough, regardless of how you tackle it. And I feel like there's certain lessons that everyone needs to learn. But I kind of feel like you don't necessarily need to go through the pain yeah. <laughs> all the time yeah. to, to learn that lesson. You you can learn from the older peers. Um, but, yeah, I think from my, my perspective this past year, um, and I guess just dental school as a whole, um, I think I would kind of sum it up as just like a very humbling but motivating experience. Um, I got to learn a lot of cool stuff, especially this year. Um, a lot of more advanced procedures, and mm. it's kind of fun when you get to the end because yes, you're still learning new things, but also you know how to do a bunch of stuff. You already know how to do restorations. You know how to do extractions. Um, you know, like you have a solid footing when you walk into the ward and that's a fun feeling knowing yeah. that you're not just floundering around 
mm. the whole time. Um, and also just with this being my last year as a student, I think, you know, I think I tried to make the best of it where I could, you know, I think I feel like I made a decent attempt at going out with friends often, going to events, um, just having like memorable experiences um, and kind of just trying to end things on a high note because I remember at the start of the year I was talking to a private practice dentist and he told me that like when he was a student, he hated dental school. But now that he's older, he realizes that he can never go back to being a student. Yeah. And so he's like, you know, while you're still there, amidst everything, try not to <laughs> try not to waste that opportunity um, where you have a lot of people around you that are going through the same things as you, somewhat your same age, you know, kind of the same life struggles, academic struggles, you know, um, like you're, you're part of a group and that sense of community is, is quite nice and it's a bit harder to find um, apparently after you finish university, um, which I mean is some, something that I guess we'll see. <laughs> some yeah. that, a challenge that I have to uh, potentially face going forward. Um, but, you know, that's, that'll be kind of its own, its own adventure at the time. Mm. But, okay. So looking back at the past year, if you, you know, we kind of talked about now of like sharing stuff that we learned. If you had to teach one thing that you learned this year, what would that be? Well, you know, there's like so many things, but it's something actually that we discovered, well, that I discovered through this podcast and through speaking to you, something you taught me that I would want to teach as many people as I could is the whole idea that we've spoken about before that especially starting third year where you have such little expect such a small amount of expectations of what you can do clinically on you. I think taking full advantage of that is something I would try to, to teach people to do or to tell people to do. Like better than any study technique, any specific technique that it comes to like doing a filling or an extraction or whatever it is, like anything specific, the most broad tip I would say and I want to pass on something that, that I've tried to implement this year is make as many mistakes as you can not intentionally but allow yourself to make the mistakes and to not feel down about it because the fact that you have such a small amount of expectations on your shoulders I mean as a third year you're walking into the clinic everybody is aware who the third years are because the minute you say I'm in third year they I've seen it like lecturers will come in or supervisors will come in. It's like during a con session, uh, they'll ask like, have I done something? And maybe if I don't know what it is, or maybe I'm, I take a bit too long to answer and then they remember and they're like, oh, wait, well, what, what year are you in? And you're like, third year. They're like, oh, never mind. Like they, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, they automatically drop their expectations and they're like, oh, okay. And they cut you a lot of slack. So with that, you don't have to put so much pressure on yourself. All you have to do is do the best you can and allow yourself to make those mistakes because making those mistakes is where you learn. If you have a super easy oral surgery session every single time in third year, when you get to fourth year and the expectations start to set in because they're like, hey, you had so much time last year, uh, you need to actually do this now and we actually expect more of you. If you had a super easy time in third year and you had 
like super chilled out, easy teeth to extract. I'm just using that as an example because that was was daunting for me this year. Then you didn't take full advantage of the fact that there was no expectations because you didn't suckle with things, struggle with things and actually make mistakes and learn because now when the expectations are on you and you can't do something, the ramifications go up just a little bit more. But overall, like you said, this whole thing of being in dental school, even if you're in final year, there's expectations, yeah. Like you said, you walk onto the ward, people expect you to be able to do things, yeah. But there's still this cushion around you. You're still not a doctor, you're still a student. Ultimately, as upset as people could get that you don't get something right, there's still a thing, okay, but he's just a student, he's learning. And so that is something I would say everyone should take advantage of. Whatever year you're in, but especially going into third year, take advantage of the fact that it's your first time doing things. And so you're not going to be great at it, especially if you are a high flying achiever and you get really good grades, you're not going to be good at this immediately and make as many mistakes and take as much time as you can to dedicate to learning from others so that when you actually get to the next level, you will have a way more solid base to stand on. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like for me, it's like a very similar sentiment, um, which is just that to do good work, you must first do a lot of work that isn't good. Yeah. (laughs) Like when you're in dental school, your role is not to be a dentist. Your role is to learn. So learn as much as you can. Encourage feedback. Like allow supervisors to be critical. Um, See mistakes as like learning opportunities. Um, In a nutshell, just like don't waste energy on trying to preserve your ego. Like I, you know, if I could like go back to a younger version of myself, I would tell myself like, you know, like put the ego away instead take pride in putting in the work to get better as painful and as slow as that process might be because ultimately by the time you get to the end of it you'll be stronger than you ever thought you could be you know like you will adapt you will overcome like if you made it this far it means you had a 100 percent success rate in adapting to change (laughs) <laughs> so hmm. like there's very little evidence to support that in the future it won't be the same but you have to keep an open mind and I was having this discussion with one of my colleagues the other day which is that a lot of stuff that happens in dental school isn't necessarily good or necessarily bad it's it's us like we choose this is a good thing or this is a bad thing you know um so especially when it comes to feedback like the knee-jerk reaction is this is criticism this is bad but like that's just a choice you're making you know the alternative choices this is good i'm getting info from someone who probably has been a dentist longer than i've been alive (laughs) so maybe this is not this is not actually a bad experience yeah letting them be critical um, that line you said, not you're not a dentist, you're a dental student. So important, like, so important. You feel so cool being able to do things clinically for patients, but you need to ultimately realize your role is not to be a dentist, like, not yet, you know? You've reached that level now. Now your role is to be a dentist. But for me and everyone else that's still in dental school, like, 
The role is not to be a dentist. It's to be a dental student. And as a dental student, you're still learning. And so you need to let people be critical. You need to take everything on your chin. You can't take things personally when supervisors are going off at you. You can't, within reason, <laughs> and you can't, um, the, can't let the ego get in the way because you're not a dentist. You're learning and you need to make, like use that with the tip that I said, basically combine the two, like use the opportunity to learn, put the ego aside and make those mistakes while you're in this safe environment. Yeah. Yeah, so I think then to transition more into the, I guess, non-working side of of this year, um, how would you say you had fun differently in 2023 as opposed to, as opposed to previous years? How would I have fun differently? Why don't you take this one first? I think for me... Because I spent so much time over the past few years um, just really digging deep into the like the clinical side of dentistry, mm. I think I had a lot a lot of fun this year doing stuff outside of dentistry. I think particularly um, I really enjoyed getting back into like the world of fitness and going to the gym mm. because I just lost a ton of weight um, over the past few years due to all the stress and the busy schedule. And I just kind of had this realization near the end of last year that like, if I can't figure it out now, who's to say I'm going to figure it out once I graduate and I have, you know, a whole new set of responsibilities on me. Mm. And in the past, I never really got the like gym habit to stick for more than a few months. But this year um, I signed up to a nearby gym with my clinical partner and a postgraduate friend of ours. And I actually managed to be really consistent throughout the entire year, even throughout exams. And obviously it was a great way to like let off steam during stressful periods, but it was also nice to just kind of see that that visual progression throughout the year as mm. I slowly picked on picked up more muscle and you know, it just felt better in general. It was almost like a kind of physical representation of what was going on in my professional life, which is that you try stuff, it hurts, but you put in the reps anyway, and it gets stronger because of it. And then slowly over time, you get to, you know, reap the rewards of that. So yeah, I would say like just kind of a, a way in which I enjoyed things a bit more this year was by going to the gym. So very fun, would recommend. <laughs> yeah, I think... For me, I kind of started like the like second year was my first time being uh, out and about in the real world after high school because first year was online. And so I started like the gym thing in second year just because I've, I've also never been able to get it to stick. And I kind of did in second year and third year a bit more. Unlike you, though, when I'm stressed, I pick up weight. <laughs> and so for me, it's kind of like. The opposite there is a constant struggle to try to keep the, like to, to lose weight and to put on muscle. And the gym has, gym has also been like uh, a real, like I've, I've, for the first time this year, I've actually felt a difference when I'm gymming compared to when I'm not. Just exercise, how it just lets off steam. But besides that, which definitely plays a role, but besides that, I think 
having fun differently. I think I kind of just diversified what I was doing. Um, this year, a lot more of the time, I kind of like blocked out my days in a way where I would try and like, I would try and fill different jars. So like I have a jar like, okay, you have friends, you know, that like fill a specific role in your life and you have a relationship that fulfills a specific role. Then you have your alone time and then you have dental school and you have your family. And this year I tried to have fun in all those aspects. So instead of just focusing on getting all of my enjoyment in life from one jar, which is like dental school, which is difficult to fully enjoy when it becomes difficult, which this year I definitely did a lot more than the others, I kind of spread out my attempts to derive fun from having, from like pulling from other jobs, you know, so your relationship and your friends and doing things on your own, which is a big thing for me, like having alone time, doing things that are just like, it's on my own bias, whether it's going to the gym, whether it's going to get something to eat, whether it's going for a walk, stuff like that, like just diversifying what you do so that you have a lot more of a range of ways to de-stress and to have fun. And I kind of also started looking at fun as a lot more of a, a tool, like fun as a tool, which sounds like a, a very toxic productivity type thing, but it really isn't. Like if you think about it, we always, everyone always says, yeah, you need to have, you need to work hard and then play hard. You need to have fun so you can de-stress. But this was the first time I actually started looking at it like that. Like I would tell people like, okay, we study, we worked hard this whole week let's not study on Friday. Let's all of us just go out on the Friday, you know, and use fun as a tool there. Like, cause I know it's going to de-stress me. I know it's what I need, but if it's so easy to just be like, oh, let me just sit at home, but that's not going to do the same thing. It's not going to let out the steam. Um, and so even if I didn't want to go to gym, I would again, use it as a tool, like go to gym because you're going to feel good about yourself. Um, go out with friends because you're going to enjoy it but it's also going to de-stress you, um, stuff like that. So diversifying how I had fun and also using it to balance my mental state because it's so easy to fall off the wagon um, when you're focusing on just one jaw. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I like that, the kind of optimizing for fun. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly mindset. it. That's exactly um, it. Because <laughs> there's this... There's this line in running um, that I came across a while back, which is that, um, like, it's just this question of who's going to run further, the guy who loves the destination of crossing the finish line or the guy who loves running, yeah. you know? And so it's kind of like if you can find ways to just get yourself to keep putting one foot in front of the other, like, one, you're going to have a way better time, but also you're just going to go way further because you're like, you know, actively trying to kind of look for the fun stuff, look for the positive stuff mm. um, in what's what's happening around you. But then to flip the coin on that, so how would you say you suffered differently in 2023 compared to like previous years of dental school? Um, suffer is a strong word, but definitely just the load like the load of the amount of tests like damn that just that made me oh like comparatively when you take away somebody's time or you make them dedicate a lot of time to something else i.e clinics 
i.e. technical things, you know, lab work, things like that. You, you take, kind of rob them of all of their time, but somehow you, you increase the workload like, like 10 times more, like you just chop, like you chuck on so much more work, so many more tests to study for. I mean, for most of the year, I would say, I was writing a test every single week, especially towards the end. From second semester, it, it got even worse. And so when you take away someone's time, but you increase their workload, you're kind of having a recipe for stress and a recipe for disaster. And so comparatively, this year compared to last year was very different in that sense because last year, whenever I had tests, well, number one, I had less tests and less, ex less exams, fewer exams. And number two, I had more time to study for those fewer tests and exams. Whereas this year, there was the complete opposite. More tests, less time. And so that was the main cause of my suffering this year was just the constant state of like, you being in a constant state like a constant um fight or flight mode because mm. you 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 constantly like you don't have time to just stop and so yeah. now at the end of the and year like, yeah you know what i'm saying like you know it's just difficult to stop like at the end of the year um now that i'm stopped like there's so many times i have that you know you have like a little itch or like a little uh, flinch moment you know i say people flinch for their phone even when it's not around i flinch to study like i flinch because mm. i'm like out doing something Maybe I'm at gym and I took a little bit longer than normal. And then I flinch and I'm like, oh, damn, I have to go and stop. Oh, wait, I don't have to stop. Yeah. And for the first time yeah. this whole year, I got to stop. Because mm. the mid-year breaks, it's not that long. You have things to do still, you know, projects, assignments yeah. to you. So and not for being able to stop. Yeah. Uh, for like the, the final exams that you wrote now. Wasn't it like very squished for you guys? Didn't you write it in the course of like two weeks or something? Yeah, so we wrote like, we wrote four tests in one week, four exams in one week. Four and then the exams. following week, yeah, four exams. So it was like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, yes, off, yes. Friday again. Then the next week it was Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then the following Monday. And then we were done. So it was like no, eight, I mean, eight, I think extremely intense at least of us it's like spread out across mm. a month but that yeah. is brutal that's just like one punch after another yeah and the thing is like it's it's also daunting to know that it's not getting better yet um because last year second year you kind of dreaded third year i mean even by the end of second year like all of us were like you know it's still rough You're like oh it was rough but we, we actually like just, just off the bat, we still, I remember vividly us finishing second year exams and telling ourselves, ah, but we kind of had it easy, eh? Like it wasn't that bad because we were looking at the third years and we were like, oh my God, like, yes, like they, they look dead. Like they look like they haven't showered or slept in, in three weeks because it's not just the, the three, two weeks of exams that's one after the other. It's, it's weeks of tests without a break leading straight into exams. That's the problem. And the, the, the most daunting thing is that it's not going to get better because uh, look at the fourth years, they're writing like <laughs> they wrote um, in the same time span as us, two weeks or two and a half weeks. They wrote almost double, like so from eight to like 14 exams, I think, or 11 or 12 or something like that. Um, and they tried to offset it by giving them two or three exams like before the exam period, so like one a week. But that was like OSCEs and, you know, 
extra, like, you know, throwaway modules that wasn't really super, but like all the big ones, PEDS and CONS and ENDO and all these things separated into different tests, OMP and and model medicine and, and all these things, model surgery, all come like into two weeks. And so for me to finish this year, having had such a hard time and knowing that the, the biggest battle so far, which is fourth year, is still coming up. <laughs> it yeah. keeps me awake at night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that is... Uh, th- that's a scary way to kind of schedule things together. Yeah. Um, the, the amount of resilience you need. And I think at that point, it's like you pick your battles, some stuff mm-hmm. you just don't study because <laughs> yeah. you, you can't get to everything. Um, so, I mean, best of luck by the time you get there. <laughs> but what I always told myself is that, um, you know, whenever like an older year, like an older year group would kind of scare me for like the work ahead. Mm. The thing I would tell myself is that like, by the time I get there, I'm going to be a smarter, stronger version of the person I am now. Mm. So hopefully, hopefully that version of Johan is like, a, is, is the goat, you know, he yeah. can sort it out. But also yeah. like, that's his problem. It's not my problem because mm. I am not that person yet. Um, it's just like, all I have to focus about is like the next little while. So I think um, it, it, it generally that has helped me a lot through the past yeah. few years is to not catastrophize the academic workload like and also this is an interesting thing that I notice it now during exam season but I especially am noticing it now now that I've graduated which is that when you have um, a ton of stuff on the to-do list right like you have let's say nine exams ahead of you and you haven't written any of them that's like a ton of work and you look at it as this package of nine exams mm. But then by the time you've written five of them, the remaining four don't seem as daunting anymore because it's no longer nine exams. It's only four exams. Yeah. And even now it's like, you know, I kind of thought about ComSurf and postgrad and board exams and all these other things that I want to do. And it just felt like a lot, you know, especially when I was in the thick of exams and stuff. Mm. I was like, yes, this man, like work's never going to end. Life is a grind. Um, you know, I just kind of, I was falling into that loop of catastrophizing things a little bit. And the moment I got my results, I was like, oh, I don't have to worry about this school stuff anymore. And all of a sudden, this other stuff that was taking up like mental space, I was like, this is actually a very small problem. It's just that when you're under a lot of stress and you don't have a lot of room for like added stress, yeah, any any extra stress feels like too much. But the moment you eliminate the bulk of the the thing that's ahead of you, the the remainder of the work isn't that bad. At least, like, it doesn't weigh on you in the same way that it does before you start doing the work. So, yeah, that's just that's just two cents for me mm. now that I've, you know, kind of slayed, slayed the dragon slayed <laughs> that the was dragon. school. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely felt that, though, like, eight or nine exams, it seems like a package deal, but just knocking, I mean, even not even five, like just knocking the first two down. I mean, the first two for me was on the Monday I did my, my pharmacology exam, biggest, probably like my top two biggest, most difficult ones this year. And the second day was the pharmacology oral exam. Um, not as intense, but still like, you know, but more like different first time ever doing that. 
But after those two days, which I kind of just like, I was kind of blocking my, uh, putting on like blinders and being like, let's just focus on this. You know, I'm writing pharmacology tomorrow. We focus on just that. Don't worry about anything else. And once that was finished, I was like, wow, I just ticked off one of the biggest, most difficult, most challenging subjects I've ever done in my entire life. And it's done. It's like completely done. Like, I don't have to do it again. And that just gives you a little bit of a boost so you can continue on. Um, and so then it doesn't, it's not eight anymore. Suddenly it's jumped down to six and yeah, it kind of chips away like that. And it, it gives you a bit more energy to move on through the list and to continue along. So like from your perspective though, like how did you suffer differently this year? Um, I would say that suffer is the correct word for final okay. year. because (laughs) this was I think without a doubt the toughest year I ever had to go through in terms of just pure like dental school related stuff not even like outside life factors Mm -hmm. the the intensity of the work was a lot more than I expected and the stakes for the clinical procedures were a lot higher because Mm -hmm. you know in fourth year it's like Oh, you know, I'm, I'm doing a big class one race there. I hope I don't pulp the tooth, you know, but that's kind of like, that's worst case scenario. During final year, it's like, oh, I have to do a pulpotomy on this child who keeps moving around and I have like less than an hour to do it. Or mm-hmm. I have to finish this whole root canal in this session because next time I need to do a post on core, you know, hopefully without perforating the tooth or, you know, the extraction of, like incisors and premolars, you know, suddenly changes to, I need to do a surgical extraction of this 3.8. I hope the inferior alveolar nerve is still there when I'm done. (laughs) It's like, um, it's like you you can do it and the level of difficulty is within your grasp, but the stakes from like making a mistake is is so much higher, you know, Mm. um, compared to in previous years. And, you know, you do that for long enough, day in, day out, multiple clinics a day, it weighs on you. Like that's mm. mentally, that's flipping exhausting, you know? Mm. And I think also because this was my last year and because I was so like aware that this is kind of the end of university, I was way more aware of the opportunity cost of everything. Like, you know, every time I'm saying yes to something, I'm inherently saying no to something else. It's like the jaws you spoke about. And you have like a very limited currency, a limited amount of coins. And it's like, am I spending this right? And, you know, this year in particular, it was like each hour studying is an hour that I wasn't seeing friends and vice versa is also true. Um, But, you know, it's this thing of like, am I going to regret not going out with friends? Because, Mm. you know, some of them I might never be able to really see again. It's going to be a long time until I see them again. Or, you know, on the flip side, like, do I study for this test? Because, you know, once I have my final year marks, I can never change that again. I can never course correct again. Mm. Those are my marks for my degree. And so I think this year there was just a lot of internal struggles around constantly having to ask myself, does this matter? But uh, later on in the year, um, I was talking about this to one of my mentors, Dr. Pereira, 
and he gave me some really good advice, which is just to ask yourself, will this matter in five years time? And if the answer is no, then like maybe it's worth questioning how much time to spend on it, you know? Like mm. my final oral facial surgery exam, you know, in five years time, that might still kind of matter <laughs> when I'm trying to do like postgraduate applications and stuff. But like this random PREO assignment that's due tomorrow, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not going to remember that it even existed five years down the line. In fact, I might make a joke about how I submitted the assignment two minutes before, but that'll be the extent of extent <laughs> yeah. of it, you know? And so I think at, at the start of the year, I struggled more with it. I think I got better as the year progressed, but I think that question of will this matter in five years time? Like, I think that's just a really useful mental model when mm. worrying about stuff. Cause you know, I've, I've said this before. I think we as dental students, we are, professionals at worrying about stuff i yeah. don't know if it's just Definitely. like it attracts a certain kind of personality but everyone in the industry super stressed all the time yeah but you can only stress so much you know it's only so many hours in a day so much so many glucose molecules going through your brain so at, at a point you have to decide okay you know what like i i'm not gonna care about this thing yeah anymore which kind of segues nicely into the the second to last question I wanted to ask, which is what thing did you stop caring about in 2023? Like what did you leave behind in 2022? I think I didn't, I didn't stop caring about it, but I started to care less. Um, and it sort of ties into what I was saying on my answer to the previous one, which is what did I suffer from? Um, what I said I suffered from was kind of just the workload and, you know, being able to decide what to spend your time on. And so inherently what ended up happening was what I, I stopped caring about was marks. <laughs> I, you know, at the end of second year, I did pretty decently. I, I got an award for like, you know, having a, a I mean, I had a distinction, like an average above 75%, I think, if I remember correctly got on stage, got on a certificate, you know, it makes you feel good. You're like, wow, I'm actually, you know, I'm did pretty decent. And, um, this year after I failed my first test this year, which was crazy. Cause I was like, I thought I, I didn't think I was going to start failing suddenly in third year. I thought I'd cracked the code by now, failed my first pharmacology quiz, got 40 something percent immediately after I failed my first mic microbiology quiz or test, got 40 something percent there as well. And I was like, whoa what's happening? Like, is this the new norm? Like, am I just a failure now? And um, obviously that wasn't the case. You kind of get used to it. You crack the code. You figure out what these modules demand, what they need, how to study for them. But what ended up happening was as a result, I kind of stopped caring about marks. Like you said, when you kind of have that mentality of thinking what's going to matter in the next five years, uh, which ever since you told me about that, I tried to think about it. And also like trying to make, trying to maximize the amount that you can get out of dental school, the amount of enjoyment. Um, it often comes down to, do I want to spend an extra time, an extra few, like an extra few hours or an extra day studying for this module or this test so I can get from a, a, a possible 80 to a possible 90? Or am I rather going to just preserve my mental health, go out with friends, enjoy other aspects of life, 
while I can, while I have before I have other responsibilities. For me, I chose the latter, which is enjoying, you know, enjoying myself more uh, responsibly, but more than fretting over marks. You know, I, I would just study as hard as I can, do the best I can, but not overstress myself to the point where I'm worried about marks anymore. Because ultimately, like it doesn't, it for me, I don't, I, I understand certain people are driven by it. It what it's how, what they gain their satisfaction in life and in university from. But for me, I kind of transitioned and left that behind in second year or in early third year. And moving forward, I do not care as much because even when you come when people try to compare marks and they worry about these things, I kind of have just more and more been reinforcing this mentality that it doesn't matter and that ultimately whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And whatever's meant for you is going to come to you no matter what. I firmly believe in that. Whether you want to worry about like post-grad studies, things like that, if you're going to get it, you're going to get it. Just do the best you can. I'm not saying you shouldn't study. I'm not saying you should study the bare minimum, spot through the work, skim things. Just do the best you can. And whatever the result is, it's fine. Like my new, my goal at the start in second year was like, I want to get 70s and 80s. Because I kind of dropped this whole 80% thing in high school because I realized it wasn't a thing anymore. <laughs> so I was like, okay, 60s, I mean, 70s and 80s. This year it's become 60s and 70s. Like if I get a 70, even if it's not a distinction, I'm over the moon. I'm like, wow, this is a true reflection of my work because that's just how the tests are. They're strict when they mark. They, there's just obscure things they ask. There's so many factors you can't control. So you can't worry about the marks because it's not a reflection on how much work you put in. It's rather sometimes a deflection of the luck, you know, the luck of the draw. Maybe sometimes I looked at something and I didn't look at it long enough and that's what they asked. And sometimes I focused on something and they didn't ask it. It's just the luck of the draw. And so that's something I kind of left behind, like just not worrying about that as much because I just don't see where it's going to get me in life compared to all of the other things. I would rather spend more time in the clinic. I would rather spend more time honing my, my clinical skills, my clinical knowledge, which is very different from your theoretical knowledge. And so that's just, yeah, the kind of mindset shift I underwent this year. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, if anyone takes anything away from this podcast is don't study. Because <laughs> yeah, who studies? I, don't be a nerd. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think for me, it, it's, it's very similar. I think for me, it was more so around I kind of, I stopped caring about mm. comparing myself to my peers. Yeah. I think in the, in the past, I used to compare myself a lot more against everyone around me, especially clinically, like 30 or 40, I used to, I used to fall into that trap quite a lot. But this year I realized, and again, it kind of comes back to the time thing. And I realized it's literally, it's just a waste of my own time to worry about what other people are doing because mm. Like we're all running our own races in life and it might look like other people might be further ahead of you, but they are on a different track. You can't compare and we're all doing our own thing. So as long as, and this is like, it's one thing to say, it's another thing to do. And I think this year, you know, I, I, I feel proud of myself in that, you know, I, I, I managed to practice what I preach, but I think as long as you are progressing in your own life and you can find enjoyment in that process of moving forward, then I would say you're already winning. 
you know, regardless of where someone else is standing. And yeah. again, it's that thing of who's going to go further, the person who loves the destination or the person who loves running, you know? Yeah. And, and I feel like when you compare you against you, like that is a process of trying to move forward, of trying to run your race and getting to a point where you want to be. And yeah. I remember one day in particular, it was after a Pete's um, session. And this was still early in the year when I was still, you know, facing my demons over in the pedodontic ward. And I felt mm -hmm. like such a such a failure <laughs> as a clinician. And I remember walking past this ward and the, uh, the, uh, this cubicle and they had left their x-rays open on the on the monitor in the ward, which is a thing we have at UP. I'm not flexing, but... Anyway, so <sighs> always flexing. They had they had their digital di digital by the way a digital X ray <laughs> open on the open on the screen, and it was a pulpotomy that this person did, followed by a stainless steel crown. And when I'm saying this thing was beautiful, it's it looked better than the one I had to study for the exam that was in the textbook. Yeah, it was phenomenal. And I looked at this thing, and I was like, someone in my class did this, who's only been doing peds for two months. <laughs> and I looked at that, and this was kind of after I had my little um, kind of realization, which is that comparing isn't going to get me anyway. And I looked at it, I appreciated it, and I was like, cool. And I went home. And that was That's it. difficult. That's you know? really difficult. And, and I think afterwards, like, that, that stuck with me. Because I was like, wow, like this thing that this comparison trap that used to upset me so much, you know, I finally managed to let go of it. And like realizing I was at that point, I think like for me personally and my professional, you know, kind of development as a, as a student and as a person, um, like that meant a lot to me and I, that stuck with me. And after that, I just had a lot more um, freedom. Because it was like I was carrying less weight around. And now mm. it's this thing of like someone does something cool and you get to celebrate their success without having to see it as your loss. And I think yeah. like another good example is um, my clinical partner, Ash. At the start of the year, we went on outreach and we had this one patient and we were kind of swapping patients. And so the one patient comes in, he has to have extractions done and Ash struggles with the extractions, gets to a point where he just can't get out the one tooth. And so I take over and I do the extraction because, I, you know, naturally I had more experience with doing the extra mm. year. Um, but as the year progressed, as we went on the train, you know, just, and as he started enjoying orofacial surgery more, I would say he's way better at orofacial surgery than I am. <laughs> even though Damn. he's been doing it for one one year less, you know. Mm. But I can see that as a failure on my part or an extreme success on the behalf of my friend. Yeah. And I feel like the latter way of doing things is a is a more wholesome way of just approaching life in a way that's a lot more fun as well. Because now when he does something flippin' cool in the ward, um, like he the other day he was experimenting with different methods of doing the infraalveolar technique and he was reading all these articles and stuff and it was like it was just really cool to see him do these things 
And mm. I even learned stuff that I didn't know because of that. But that comes from being excited, being interested, being open-minded and looking at someone else doing something well and thinking, how can I learn from that person instead of... Putting the ego yeah, away. Yeah, in, instead of looking away and being like, I can't look at that because that's going to hurt my ego, you know? Yeah, it's such, a, so. it's such an important thing. It's so important. Like, just, it clicks so much for me because oh, it's like, especially if you're in the position, which I'm sure you were in. I mean, this is very specific to me and you, but I'm sure you were in the position where because you had that extra year, people kind of look at you as like, oh, he he can do it, like, if I'm struggling, he'll be able to help, you know, like, you know, your, you know, your stuff, like you're well-read, you're, you're clinically good. You're, you're ahead of most people and a lot of things sometimes, most of the time. So people kind of look up to you in that sense. And it starts to kind of build your ego up a bit, you know, it can be a good thing, can be a bad thing. But then when people start to over, overtake you, when in general, they kind of weren't, you know, not that it's a competition, but the human mind generally sees these patterns like, oh, I'm tend to fare better in this clinic than this person. When they overtake you, it can either tank your ego and really cause problems, or like you said, you can look at it in a more wholesome way and kind of celebrate their success and understand that you can learn from everybody, even people that weren't as good as at something than you were. Um, and that's just like so such an important skill to learn. I am still struggling with that as much as I try to not compare myself I think subconsciously I still do it. Um, mm. Marks, um, marks-wise, not so much, but uh, clinically sometimes, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that comes with, uh, there's this expression that the writer Ryan Holiday talks about a lot, which is practicing your philosophy. He doesn't call yeah. it living your philosophy. It's practicing your philosophy because it's not yeah. easy and you, you get better at it by putting in the reps, you know? And yeah. that day in Pete's when I looked at that x-ray and I got to emotionally detach myself from it, that was after putting it a lot of reps, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I, I read this book, Ego is the Enemy, um, that kind of talks about this principle. I read that back in 2021. It's now 2023 and only a few months into 2023 did it finally start clicking for me. So it's a practice game. That That's just life, I think, more than just dental school. Mm. In anything, if you want to get good at it, yeah, maybe you'll have a natural talent and you'll pick it up easier. But for most of us mortals, you got to put in the reps, you know? Yeah. Um, like, you can't you can't skip your way through life. It's just not, just not how it works, at least with the stuff that matters, you know? Yeah, you need to practice the philosophy. Yeah. So then, you know, kind of to put a little bow tie on on the year that was 2023 and the, the, the most chaotic six years of my life, um, looking ahead, what would you say is one thing you want to work on more in 2024? I think it's, I think it's basically that, what we just said, um, disassociating myself and my success from someone else's. Um, I think I want to... I want to spend more time not I want to spend more time focusing on the now and focusing on those philosophies like even when you think about like if I think about the clinic that I'm most scared of next year it's it's not something new like endo or peds those things are new those things are stuff I have time to learn and again the expectations are low again 
Like it's like, okay, it's your first time, you know? Oral surgery, I've kind of had a taste this year. I'm kind of terrified of next year because I'm now, quote unquote, a fourth year, I'm supposed to be able to do it. And so, again, you start stressing about that and you see people, I've seen people this year already pulling out teeth way easier than I, I can ever do it. And I think I want to spend more time just understanding that and focusing and, le- and like practicing that philosophy that uh, my success isn't depending on others failing or others succeeding. Because like you said, you know, you said in one of the first few episodes, by the end of dental school, everyone is somewhat competent. And I mean, even this example with Ash, like he wasn't that great. He didn't like oral surgery. And a year later, he's like, you would say better than you. And I think being able to understand that and trust in that process, like not worry about how many mistakes I'm definitely going to make, but rather like knowing that, okay, I'm just going to allow myself to be at the mercy of the process because by the end of it, I will be better. I just need to put in that 1% effort every day. And so that's what I want to kind of spend more time doing, putting in 1% effort every day to learn, make those mistakes and embrace those philosophies, the philosophy of not comparing yourself and focusing on yourself, the philosophy of being 1% better every day, the philosophy of just making as many mistakes as you can while you're in a cushioned environment, all of those things that we've been speaking about. Just spend more time practicing those things, not just saying it, because if I can get good at that, then I'll also be able to look at an amazing PEDS x-ray and be like, oh, okay, great, good for them. Because right now, if I saw Mm. that, it would crush me. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I think for me, one thing, oh, you know, it's going to be easier to do as well now that I'm done. But I want to focus a bit more on just life outside of dentistry. I think yeah. I, yeah, I think I really gave it my all during the past few years. But this year, especially, I think I had a bit of a a bit more of an epiphany around I am more than just my degree. Because I could I could see the finish line. I knew in twelve months time I'm done. And then and then what? Who am I? Like like there's no obligation for anyone to care. I'm just I'm just some dentist. I'm just some guy, you know? Yeah. And I was like, if I put my entire self worth on those four letters on that certificate, then like I feel like I would have failed in some way. Like there's more to life. And you know, so like I said, I, sp- I spent a bunch more time, a lot more time this year going out with friends, just having cool experiences. I mean, I flew out to Cape Town twice, um, mm. even though in the past I never used to travel a lot because I was like, you know what? There's a life out there. I want to go live it. I want to go do stuff. Um, yeah. uh, same with the gym. And I think next year, especially now that I'm not really studying as much, I, well, yeah, just, I just want to live my life a little bit more. Um, and just get into things that aren't as tied to to dentistry. I, I guess to go back to what you said, I really like that analogy I have of the different jaws. I, yeah. I want to get some new jaws. <laughs> I think that's what I want to do. I want to get some from, new jaws. Escape from the confines of the oral cavity and see the world yeah. outside of a mouth. <laughs> yeah, I can't yeah. remember. I think it was one of the registrars that said this to me the other day. But this was like, I was like in a very stressful period. This was right before we were finishing quotas. You know, we're just standing there and I was exhausted and I was like over time. It was like quarter to six or something. 
And he looks at me and he's like, you know, like, and I had just finished um, with like putting on this temporary bridge and stuff. And we look at the x-ray and things and he's like, yeah, this is cool, but it's just, it's just a tooth. And something about that, like <laughs> just put things into perspective for me. I was like, a tooth is so small. Why am I letting it control such a large yeah. portion of my life? You know, obviously you need to care. Um, and like that is your job is literally to care about the tooth, but it's still just a tooth. Like they are there are more important things in life as well it's not sac- it's not worth sacrificing everything just for mm. just for this degree um so i think that's the that's the main thing for next year um i had quite a few the students actually recently ask me um if i'm going to do anything postgraduate uh so i thought i, I would i would check it in here um because <laughs> i know they are the people who st- stay to the end anyway um mm. I am considering doing a master's degree in science and MSc, uh, specifically pediatrics. Um, so kind of a full circle yeah. moment there. <laughs> um, I'm going to go back to the university before the year is over um, to talk to a potential supervisor to see if that's that's maybe something to do for next year. I still don't know where I'm placed for ComServ. Um, so I think I'll only finalize a lot of that stuff start of next year yeah and then i also yeah sort of on the side i never spoke about it that much but i also did some undergraduate research and i worked on a research paper that is now getting published um i think it's coming out in february or march or something (laughs) so that's cool um we can obviously talk about it on the podcast when that time comes because i think undergrad is is a nice opportunity to kind of get some free research papers which is not going to make you a better clinician (laughs) Um, (laughs) but you know if you're someone who's potentially looking at specializing or going abroad and stuff um you know small things like that tend to tend to add up later on so Yeah. yeah but yeah lots of exciting stuff ahead we'll obviously get into it more Next year, as I'm kind of in the thick of things, I have a lot of opinions that I can now voice because I'm validated as a <laughs> as a doctor. Um, yeah. Because that's the thing, right? It's like we talk about all these concepts and these ideas and we try to practice it. But it's like to an extent, it's also just a guessing game because it's also yeah. like, you know, yes, what if I make time with friends, but I fail all the year? And it's like, well, that's kind <laughs> of awkward, you know? Um, yeah. But I think now that I'm done it kind of validated a lot of stuff because now i get to i get to compare myself to like a lot of the people that are finishing with me um Mm. and a lot of the people that finished last year like from the previous group that i was in and like not to not to bash anyone but they are people it's like i would not want to trade places because they sacrificed everything for the tooth and now we all got here in the end anyway. It's it's like we spoke about that one time. The airplane leaves regardless of when you when you climb aboard. It, it leaves at the same time for everybody. Same time. So, yeah. you know, all of us now, we have the piece of paper, we have the title. But for some of us, like, that's the only thing. And I'd like to think that I at least made the most out of my time in dental school. And I feel like professionally, even though I didn't have 
the highest marks out of the whole class. I feel like professionally I'm in a good place because I spent a lot of time going to private practice, meeting different kinds of people, learning more about what's out there. I mean, even the previous episode, we had that long conversation with Prof. Forster. You know, when you go out and you talk to people like that, that know a lot more about the thing you're trying to do than, than mm. you do, inevitably you're going to learn a lot from that and you're going to work out a better plan and you're going to position yourself better. So I guess just a, a final piece of advice, I know I've said this before, but when you are a student, don't be afraid to like go to private practice and learn stuff. And I mean, you, you've already been doing this for a long time and that's mm. already been paying dividends as a student, but don't wait until you become a dentist to figure out what life as a dentist is supposed to look like. Because <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a lot of pain and frustration yeah. and it's an expensive mistake to make as well. So think about this stuff while you're still here. I think a lot of the times when you actually wait till you're done, people are less inclined to speak to you about things because you're already qualified. Whereas when you're a student, they kind of like, they kind of they kind of pity you a bit. They're like, oh, it's a cute little student. Let me teach him everything I know without thinking about it. Whereas if you're a dentist and you're a doctor already, some people will, but a lot of people will be like, this guy's kind of my competition. Like, do I really want to tell him everything? Do I want to tell him how I manage my finances, how I hire people, you know? It's they're a lot less inclined to give you all the information. Whereas what I've noticed is as a student, they dish out everything. You just need to ask. Yeah. Yeah. And also like, like there's a big difference between, hi, I'm a dentist. Can I come shadow for a whole day versus I'm a dental student. Can I come shadow for a whole day? Exactly. In the former, exactly. like they just like, this guy doesn't have a job, you know? Yeah. But in the latter, it's like, whoa, this student is super interested, like, I'm going to make a whole experience shift. for them when they come. Yeah. You know? It's a and massive it's like, shift. Yeah. And it's such a, uh, it's such an unfair advantage, honestly. Mm. Like, so yeah, big recommendation um, while you're still a student, take the, take those opportunities, take those chances because it just becomes a lot more difficult to do a lot of stuff <laughs> when, yeah. when you are a dentist, you're, you're expected to act in a certain way in a certain way when you have that doctor title. Whereas when you're a student, it's like shame. They're going through the most. Let's, let's see how we can help. So yeah, I think that's, that's, that's the end of my rant, the end of my, <laughs> my dental school experience. I think going forward. Yeah. Like I said, I'm going to talk a lot more about kind of life as a dentist, you know, kind of compare life that to life as a clinical student. The concept I think it's, Yeah. It's going to be a very exciting time for, both of us, I think both of us are going to have a lot of intense <laughs> and scary experiences in the next 12 months, but I'm excited to have this conversation again in 12 months and to Definitely. see, kind of see where we are. But with that, yeah. uh, thank you everyone for, for listening. Thanks for tuning in for the first, the first year of Cusp of Coffee and I guess the next episode will only really be in the next year so until then happy holidays to everyone congrats on surviving the exams if you're still alive but <laughs> if you're you know, alive <laughs> you never know there's always some fallen soldiers um, <laughs> but yeah just keep putting one foot in front of the other and we'll see you in the next episode which will be next year see you guys enjoy your guys holiday and yeah tune in next time we'll see you